I'm kind of laughing because I'm just around the behind the camera here, and uh, I, I walk around. It's like peekaboo. I see you. You know, that's what it feels like. But uh, welcome to Trinidad. I was just across the river there just a moment ago. Uh, I don't know if you can see this in the the, the lens here, but there's that black locomotive right over here to my left. Uh, I don't know, that's where I'm pointing. Uh, that's where I did the scripture shorts just a moment ago across the river. And uh, right, uh, and as I did this pan, this is Sunday night, and uh, it took all day to get here. It's amazing to, you know, Greyhound's always behind schedule, but uh, it's all worked out. Got a chance to witness. Anyways, uh, this is the circle that I'm at in Trinidad. This is my fourth time here, and so tomorrow morning I'll be right across the circle there and in front of the visitor center, the welcome center, and uh, that's where I'll be at. Up there is the university. and Great location because everyone comes off the freeway. Uh, New Mexico border is just on that ridge right over there, so it's really a great location. And I just thought, uh, you know, this is no big deal. It's really quiet. It's a Sunday, and uh, people aren't really on the street. And uh, everything's quiet. I walk down through main, the main part of town and all the bars are quiet. Uh, everything's pretty quiet. Uh, people drive around. But if you're going to go anywhere in Trinidad to preach, uh, this is kind of where you want to go. Um, it's just a good location. All right. And I wanted to do something online here for the YouTube channel uh, for Sunday night for uh, uploading on Monday morning and then tomorrow's video because I'm always a day behind and uh, I'm not preaching in Boulder today I'm preach I'm here in Trinidad normally I would have been here a few hours earlier but you know when you're driving uh, public transportation you know you just you have to put up with public transportation situations and it's not like private transportation where you have your own vehicle and you leave at six in the morning you get down here you know by noon and you you know you got all day long to preach but uh, you know I still leave at the same time in a sense and get down here you know hours and hours and hours later so just be alert to uh, public transportation that's why I run the type of schedule that I do hope this is coming in I take my glass up the Sun is setting right over there to the west and uh, praise God right so this is uh, Sunday we are in the Sunday prayer letter for today called and finding disciples Acts 21 and finding disciples. That's our seed that we're going to sow all week long. Finding disciples everywhere we go. We're going to look and find disciples. I'm going to find disciples here in Trinidad. And I found some this already today. Already. Pretty amazing. And we talked and visited for a little bit. And we're in Acts 21. We're going through the entire book of Acts. And 21 right now. We're going to go all the way to 28. And we're in the season called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, and Worship. Okay? And uh, we have seven parts to our letter. So our letter, once again, does not go out to the website anymore. I did take a picture of this and put it onto the website so you can kind of see the scriptures I'm going to be preaching from, uh, and for anyone, really. And uh, But if you want to see the whole letter, it's kind of a nice letter. Uh, I read it. Earlier, when I was waiting for uh, one of the buses, I had to take two buses, two coaches down here, and uh, I. Uh, so that letter goes now out in email only, email. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm doing. Hang on a second. Hang on a second.
have to do a commercial. Commercial break. Mute me out. <laughs> Go get a coffee. <laughs> uh, this is our True Study book. I was working on the book three and four on the way down here, and uh, uh, three is basically finished. I just got to do a few touch-ups, and then I'm already in four, and I was working on four on the Greyhound bus. I worked on the whole time I'm on the bus. I just don't sit there and look out the window. I am working in the ministry. I work, I take advantage of every minute of every day I have. And unless I'm really tired, then I'll stop and take a break. But I'm not tired, so I work. And I work for about four or five hours on these books. This is uh, the first book, book one. And uh, this is the class we're doing on. We're not gonna have any class on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday because I'm down here and there's no way I can do the class. It just doesn't work. I try to put 25 hours on the street minimum. Uh, that's my objective. I don't always get that. Sometimes I get a little more. But uh, so, but on Friday, I'll be back late Thursday night. Friday, I get on the bus again and go to Longmont, Colorado. But Friday morning, I'll be able to do a class. And uh, we're working on this book. There's 65 total classes. Unfortunately, of the 65 classes, there's several that aren't going to be live. Right? But there's 65 lessons in this book. And they're really not lessons, they're logs, 65 logs, and uh, for 65 days. <laughs> and if you want to throw your weekends in there, that's good too. And uh, Word of God, right there, see? Word of God. On the first book, here's the back. This picture here is actually in Trinidad. I'm actually standing right there, right now, as I do this video. I'm standing right there by this, this roundabout is right behind me. And uh, this mountaintop is right there behind the trees, but that's where I am. I'm on the other side of the circle. That's where I am right now. This is uh, last year or the year before, I don't know. It's when I started growing the beard. I'm growing the beard now for cosmetics. I just, I've just been begging God for the last three or four weeks to, that I can shave this beard off. But uh, he will not let me. I made a vow, made a de declaration, I made a commitment to God that I will stand for breakthrough and I will fast my shaving. A lot of people get mad at me and say, oh, you're really not fasting because you told us. <laughs> people are so funny. I mean, there's like no, uh, there's no tolerance in what they don't want to give tolerance to. But something else, they give you a mile wide tolerance. Really funny. It's just, uh, I, it's just comical to me, especially as, as you get older. People's uh, way they do things is, you really can't get mad at people. They just, people are the way they are. Anyways, so we're doing this True Study book. And uh, let me set this down. And the first few pages here are instructions on how to do the book. And then here's my log books. Not all logs are filled out, just the way it is. And uh, so I do this log book. We've got a bunch of stuff in the back. This is kind of, you know, I work in this book. I, got, I scribble all over. I put this thing to work. I don't make it nice and neat, but I've, got, I've been doing this for a very long time. So, you know, I make this, I do all kinds of things. Like all the notes down here. I, I just, in my coffee stains all over it. I mean, I put this thing to work. That was a train coming. I, I put it to work. I mean, I really work in it. And uh, I know what everything that's in, you know, I just, I do all kinds of things in it. It's a workbook to me, a notebook, a logbook. It's a, it can even be a journal of sorts. You can log all your banner hours. You know, I started putting in, like right in here, I started putting how many hours I've lifted the banner, intercession, tracks, book, 
you know, I put all, I started putting my numbers in there. Here comes the train. <laughs> oh man, that thing's loud. Oh, Amtrak. <laughs> that Amtrak, oh, I wish you could see it. But that Amtrak train, that's where it, I take the Amtrak. I know all about the Amtrak. I've, so there's a, there's a stop here, uh, right over there. Just a few, just right there. <laughs> You'll be stopping there. Uh, that train came out of Los Angeles and it's headed for uh, Chicago. And it uh, just came over the pass. And they're supposed to be here at five o'clock. So what time is it now? They're supposed to be here at five o'clock. They're usually late. supposed to stop. Doesn't look like they're going to stop. <laughs> Maybe there's nobody there getting off or on. Oh yeah, they're coming to a stop. Yeah, there you can hear the brakes coming on. I don't know. Don't know their schedule. Anyways, so uh, that's what this book is. Uh, you can go to the book patch, the bookpatch.com and uh, it's a horrible picture on the front. Don't look at the picture. Uh, on the top menu bar, on the right side, it says bookstore. You click on bookstore, because I'm in the bookstore. This book is in the bookstore. And then it has a search, and there's thousands of books in the bookstore. So just do a search for GSC True Study. Type that in there, and this book will pop up. And at the bottom of that page, you'll see book two also. All right, so that's my advertisement there. The price for that book is just for the printing cost alone. No profit intended. No profit intended. No profit added to the book. I given basically I'm given the purchaser, the customer, the profit that I could gain for our ministry and our church and to help that help you pay for the handling charge and the shipping costs to, to get the book mailed to you. Right? And it takes about 10 days to get the book because it's a print-on-demand book. Eight and a half by 11, spiral bound. Black and white in the front, covered. <laughs> we have a lot of uh, ranches around here. This is a ranching mining community. All right, so uh, let me go down through here. Let's, uh, let's just touch on verse seven here. I see, we're gonna do one through four. Let me just talk, go through here. Uh, 21, 1 through 4, oh, bugs. And it came to pass that after we were gotten from them and had launched, we came with a straight course unto Kos, and the day following unto Rhodes, and from thence unto Patera, and finding a ship sailing over unto Phoenicia, we went aboard and set forth. Verse 3, and now when we had discovered Cyprus, discovered means that we saw it, we, we, we discovered, we were looking for it, and we discovered it. The, the island of Cyprus came up over the ridge, came over the horizon, okay? About a 10 to 10, 12 mile visibility from the deck. Uh, we, and we discovered Cy, uh, Cyprus. We left it on the left hand. So that's sailing talk, we left it on the left hand. It's the port side. We left it. That's we left it. We discovered it. Came up and sailed past it. We left it on the left-hand side. That's what that means. These are all kind of sailing terms. <clears throat> left it on the left hand, or to the port. Left hand and sailed into Syria, and landed at Tyre. So we sailed into Syria, the country of Syria. 
and the, the port city, the port city of Tyre. That's one of the reasons I wanted to come down here tonight, that guy honking. I've had about three or four people honk on me and wave from the house, Tom's house, where I stay at, uh, down here. And I wanted people to know I'm here in town because uh, people who live here uh, will recognize me because this is, like I said, my fourth time. And I'm down here for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It's five days, so five, ten, fifteen. So I've been here 15 days. Uh, today would be number 16. And so uh, I'm visible, okay? And that's kind of what I, why I wanted to come down here also. All right. All right, we landed at Tyre. For there, the ship was to unlay, unlaid her, lay, her burden, unlaid. So these are all sailing terms. So the ship was burdened down with a laden, that's called a bill of lading. See, these are all terms that we use today uh, that are old. Uh, bill of lading, you, when you, if you're a shipper or a receiver, you're very familiar with the bill of lading. If you're a truck driver, you're a freight hauler of any tire, you're very familiar with the bill of lading, L-A-D-I-N-G. Uh, and that bill of lading holds your manifest, it's what you have on board. And uh, just kind of like the Greyhound driver, he was using that terminology uh, manifest in the Bill of Lading. Actually, he was using the word manifest. And uh, anyway, so that's what all these words are relating to sailing terms, not really Bible terms. It's kind of a kind of a ship's log here, sort of like we know that Paul did a lot of traveling. It's kind of like me traveling down here on leaving early this morning this morning and uh, getting on the RTD coach to Denver, wait around, finding out the bus is going to be late, and talking to people, and being a witness. I'm dressed this way when I travel. I don't travel incognito. I travel like I'm at work. So I guess the train did stop because he's taken off now. That whistle right there means time to get going. He, that whistle is from the uh, engineer telling the conductor who is on the platform that time to board. Time to board. And then the conductor says, all aboard, all aboard, and then we board the train. It's a lot of fun. If you've ever ridden a train, you ought to, but just make sure you're not in a hurry to go anywhere because <laughs> uh, you won't get there when you think you should. It's not a plane. Totally different travel. Okay? Got bugs on my mouth, too. <laughs> this is the time of day. All right. So, uh, late. And verse 4, and finding disciples. So, here they landed in Tyre because the ship had cargo that was to go go there. If you think about it, this is 2,000 years ago. I mean, freight haulers shipped freight ships. What do you want? You know, could cargo ships are not new. They're not new. Bobby thinks, oh, this is brand new. This is not new. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. People think, oh, this is brand new. You think computers are new? Computers aren't new either. None of this stuff is new. The Egyptians way back, way, way back, thousands of years had computers. We see that. That's how they built what they built. How do you, know, you don't build something just by you know, eyeballing it. You do it by mathematical calculations and you do it by figuring things out. You know, computations, math and science, you know. People think, oh, everything's brand new, you know. I mean, you think space travel's brand new? Space travel's not new either. Every, nothing is new. Nothing is new. It just looks new to you, but it's not new to God. None of this is new. So, God is not new. God has been around. 
So you have to kind of get your thinking around that, that, you know, uh, you know, maybe I'm doing something new. There's nothing new. So when someone says, this is a new Bible, this is a new this, or this, it's not new. <laughs> when something is really new, only God can create something new. And new to God means it's never existed in you or nearby. Like we become a new creature in Christ, right? We were the old creature, but we, we weren't new. We have never been born again. We never had the newness of being a child of God, per se. No, different words. When you speak a, when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, God gives you a new, N-E-W, a new tongue, a new language, a new way of speaking. And I'm not talking about your English. I'm talking about a language unknown to yourself and unknown to anybody, but, but not unto God. You speak unto God. It's a new tongue, right? So ships were not new. Cargo ships weren't new. Passenger ships aren't new. Uh, nothing is new. I mean, I mean, it's upgraded, sort of. <laughs> I talked to a lady on the bus, and she was uh, she uh, was a gardener. She trimmed flowers and planted flowers. I mean, she's a gardener in the city of Walsenburg, and uh, she didn't want anything to do with Jesus, I don't think. <laughs> and. Uh, That's an old city. Walsenburg's a very, very old city. All these cities in southern Colorado are ancient cities. They've been around since the early 1800s. And, uh, and they were bu bustling cities, and then they all died after the Civil War, pretty much. And, uh, but some of these old cities still have life within them. Like Trinidad, I wouldn't be here if there was no life here. God wouldn't have sent me here. Uh, you take a city like Walsenburg, old, old city. Only about 33,000, 3,500 people, something like, live there. But it has life there. You go to the next city up in Pueblo, old, old, old city, but it's dead. There's no life in that city. Maybe there's trying to breed life, but there's nothing, no life in there. Life is new. So they have to, you have to have new life in there because the life that's there is gone, it's dead. All right? And here... Paul says, and finding disciples, we tarried there for seven days. All right, let me finish this verse. I'm going to talk about a few things here. And said to Paul through the Spirit. And so these people told Paul through the Spirit. Okay, so when, I, when people talk to me, they give me something that they sense that the Spirit of God gives them. I often ask, where's that in the Bible? So everyone in our church is pretty much trained with, to do that. Where's that in the Bible? So uh, Brent this morning, at about five this morning, texted me, and uh, the Lord gave him a new song. He was in his prayer time, worship time, before everybody gets up. Do you get up at five in the morning before everyone else gets up to spend time with God? Very busy man, running several companies, big family, very, very, very busy, gets up way early before everybody else to spend time with God. Cuts his sleep time short so he can spend time with God. Brent's a great example 
great example. I'm on a crack I love him so much. He's so important to me. And God has just placed him in my life. It's just, it's just amazing how... Anyways, he sang a new song on uh, audio and texted it to me. And uh, then he did how he was trained to do. Where's that in the Bible? He gave me two Bible verses. Oh, wow, right on. And I gave him about seven more <laughs> to go with the song. You know, it was a great song. Oh man, it was such. It was a song that started in Genesis and went all the way to Revelation. It was a massive. I listened to it twice, all the way through twice. Kind of wanted to sing it. It was amazing. I'm glad I saved it. it. Might be a song for our for our church. We're praying for new songs. We don't want old songs. We're praying for new songs straight from heaven. New songs from our people, not from somebody else, but from the people who come to our church, who know what we're doing, just like Brent. He's growing in our church. He goes to other churches too, but in our church, he does it the way we're, the Holy Ghost is teaching us. Just like here, Paul says, finding disciples, we tarry there seven days. Do you think if those disciples were corrupt, he would have stayed for seven days? I don't know, but uh, something to think about. So I'm, I, I'm looking for disciples here, and I'm going to tarry here for five days. I'm going to stay here for five days, up there at Tom's house, you know? I feel like, it's really funny because we're coming in like I've, I've been here so much, you know, I feel like I'm home. <laughs> everywhere I go, everywhere I go, it's like uh, I'm, because uh, uh, I stay at the same place all the time. I'm a creature of habit, but once the Lord establishes me, that's where I go. That's where I go, all right? We got somebody already heckling me, and only he and I are the only people out here. So, uh, and finding disciples. And, you know, what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, follows Jesus Christ, follows the teachings of Jesus Christ, and basically loves Jesus and keeps his commandments. That's really what a disciple is. And, uh, and you really want to find them. Uh, there's a lot of disciples nowadays because of all the corruption in the churches for the last several de couple decades uh, that are unchurched. A lot of Christians, a lot of disciples are not in any church home, church house, house church, not in any Bible study, not in any kind of fellowship other than their own personal friends or family. And so uh, I'm looking for those people. Unfortunately, a lot of them are so used to not being in a church setting or in a group of people, they don't want to go. That's what I'm finding. And so that's sad to me because they're by themselves and they don't want to go with a, they don't want to go. <laughs> I wave to the police, <laughs> the Trinidad police. <laughs> so anyways, that guy that's standing across the street, he said, what are you doing over there? <laughs> and then he, I didn't, didn't acknowledge him. He says, oh, you're preaching. Oh, and he stood and listened for a few minutes, then he walked across the street, went behind the camera, and went on his way. He said, what are you doing over there? <laughs> oh, you're preaching. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and finding disciples, we tarried there seven days. You know, so as Paul's man, we know that he stayed seven days. What did he do? Probably went to the synagogue and taught the word of God. He went house to house. We know what Paul does. He just didn't, he doesn't go down to the bar and sit and drink for seven days, waiting for the next boat to show up. You know, that's what sailors do, you know. And uh, uh, 
Hey, you know, I want to mention something else. Yeah, last night, uh, I finished everything early, and I was able to watch the documentary on uh, uh, Jan Hus, John Hus, Jan Hus, and uh, from uh, Czechoslovakia, and uh, he, he was uh, a early reformer, 100 years prior to uh, Martin Luther. Uh, Martin Luther kind of gets all the glory for being the reformer, but it actually was Huss that really kicked it off, and uh, he was uh, martyred. And uh, a lot of the guys that were started the churches that we know today were once upon a time Catholic priests. And uh, but the Lord took them out of that, just like me. I was called to be a priest in the Catholic Church. I was headed for Catholic seminary when God got a hold of me and took me out of that church, took me away from that, and sent me to a Holy Ghost, <laughs> to a Holy Ghost <laughs> uh, ministry training center. <laughs> I've already filled the Holy Ghost, but we, anyways. So uh, uh, that was that's a good documentary. Uh, you want to find documentaries of old time, you know. You want to look at uh, just some of the. You know, 13, uh, 1300s, 14, 1500s, before the King James. Uh, look at all the different documentaries of Erasmus and uh, Desiderius, Erasmus. Uh, and just look at our heritage. <laughs> look at our heritage. It's fabulous. And also, in looking at, let's see, a lot of that is Catholic priests. There's the Catholic bell going up. That's the Catholic church right there. That's Catholic. Massive, 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 massive building over there. <laughs> what time is it? I don't know what time it is. And so when the Lord opened their eyes to see the, what was going on, see, that's when I'm praying. God opened their eyes to see the lies and the and Satan moving in the Catholic Church. That's why uh, a lot of people think that it's just recently that the Catholic Church was called a the Whore of Babylon. Now it's been called the Whore of Babylon way back, uh, thousands of years back to uh, back to probably about 1200 is when it was labeled the Whore of Babylon. And the Whore that's here, that's what I'm talking about in Revelation here. And uh, you know, if you look at the documentary of when they had that the, the big council, when things were really starting to splinter apart, they all came together. I forget the town, but they spent four years in council. They, at the council, the session, the counseling session, uh, went on council. I uh, forget what it's called, but it went on for four years. And uh, it listed all, in the documentary, it listed all the... Um, uh, all the tailors that were there and all the shopkeepers and I mean because people from all over the known world came into that city and uh, you know the number one this is all Catholic the number one profession the number one industry let me say that that had the most people and because they listed you know 300 of this and 400 of that 200 of this 100 of this you know like that but when it got to prostitution 700 prostitutes were registered, 700, and they were busy for four years. I tell you, if you're a Catholic, you gotta come out of that thing. It'll take you to hell. Now, if you're already saved, you're born again, and God told you to stay there, that's different. I stayed in the Catholic Church for five years after I was born again. 
because God didn't tell me to leave. It was, I wasn't told to leave. I didn't, you know, didn't, I just kept witnessing and preaching at Catholic churches. <laughs> I was standing, raising my hand. <laughs> Anyways, uh, be alert, right? Finding disciples, finding disciples. Think about that, finding disciples. So when you find a disciple, you want to uh, talk to them and find out if they do go to a church and what kind of church they go to and counsel them and teach them something. And especially as a street minister, uh, we're on the kind of on the out in the front lines, I guess you'd say, because I'm not in a church building. You know, no churches will invite me. They don't want to invite me. Uh, I've been asking around and uh, the last church pastor who I invite, who I said, why don't you, you know, invite me to preach? I'll preach over there. Oh, no, we can't do that. <laughs> said, but you come over and visit, but we can't have you preach. <laughs> I said, all right. So, uh, yeah. And there's another marker, Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> yelling over there. You know, I'm walking down here. There's, this is that Colorado, it, the marijuana is legal for recreational purposes, sort of, and uh, municipal purposes. And so this is the first town you come in when you leave New Mexico. And so when you come into this town, there's about six, seven, eight uh, marijuana houses here. And, uh, and I was thinking, and I saw several people all stoned. And I, I, I was asking the Lord, says, what happened 30 years ago? or 25 years ago that caused such a devastation in the civilization of America. Because most of the homeless, most of the people who are mental problems, most of the people who are drug addicts, living on the street, filthy and dirty and have no place to go, and they're mentally unstable, you know, are all 30 years old. Look this guy here, you know, he's 30 years old. I saw most of them all were all 30 years old. I, I, you know, they're not 90 years old. They're, they're all young. What happened? What happened? I don't have the answer, but something happened. You know, 20 years ago, if they're 30, you know, a lot of these guys have been on the streets as teenagers. What happened to the parents? You know, what happened in society? It's just, it's phenomenal. It's just, it's amazing, especially to a guy like me, 70 years old, I look around, you know, I remember when I was 30, when I was 20, when I was a teenager, I mean, we didn't have, I mean, obviously there's been, always been drugs, but it was a different crowd of people. It, I mean, everyday people weren't stoned, weren't drugged out, everyday people. Nowadays, it's everyday people, nice looking people. You know, I walk by several marijuana houses, on my way to corners on Sunday. And a lot of times I'll see, <laughs> gotta wave to the Trinidad police. <laughs> he waved, both of them have waved. And uh, you know, you'll see nicely dressed people, not filthy, dirty people going, nicely dressed on Sundays, going inside these marijuana houses. And they're all young, you know, 25 to 30. 22 to 30, 20 to 30 years old. I don't get it. So here Paul says, and finding disciples, we tarried there seven days. 
we need to look for some disciples in our city and rescue them. I mean, I really, you know, because if, if we don't get, if we don't find the disciples that are already in our cities, we could lose them. That's kind of the way the Lord is kind of moving this ministry. Instead of looking for the lost, it appears to me, and I've been kind of rejecting it, it kind of appears to me that the Lord is kind of making me move more towards finding disciples. I guess. I mean, what about these YouTube videos? All these are all on all about discipleship. They're not. They're not soul winning videos. I talk about salvation, and if you're not saved, this is the perfect time now that I mention it to turn on to Jesus. You know, by faith, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. And you, what are you going to be saved from? You're going to be saved from eternal damnation. You're going to be saved from hell, which will later be thrown into the lake of fire. You'll be saved from all that. You'll be saved from the second death. We all experienced the first death, number one. God bless you, man. <laughs> I tell you, faithfulness and consistency pays off. I tell you, that's why I'm trying to urge disciples, pray, ask the Lord, what is it He wants you to do? Can you commit to an hour, uh, afternoon, or three hours after church on Sunday and go to preaching gear and get a, some kind of a, make up some kind of a banner that you think you can hold? Just don't buy anybody. Pray and have your own custom banner made for you by the Spirit of God, you know? And uh, commit. After church, I don't go to lunch with everybody else. I grab my, my banner goes to church with me and I grab my gospel tracts and my Bible I go to church, after church, I lift my banner for two hours or something like that. That's, you do that every Sunday. And after a year of doing that, your whole life will change, your friends will change, your relationship with God will change, your relationship with Christ will change, your relationship with the Holy Ghost will change, the understanding of the Word of God will change. Everything in your life will dramatically get so much better. That's a challenge. There's a challenge right there. Instead of going out eating for two hours to quote fellowship, you already fellowshiped in church for two hours, take some time off. Maybe somebody else will come with you. But if they don't, forget them. You know, just be an example. You can't force people to do something. I can't force you to do what I'm saying right now. You know, I'm praying about something really unique on Sundays. God's been having, dropped a desire in my heart about, uh, I don't know, probably three weeks ago, a month ago. He dropped a desire in my heart to before I go to the, my street corner to go to a church that I used to go to. Anytime I came to Boulder, I'd go to this certain church. And I stopped going there when I first came to Boulder five years ago, six years ago, because too many people were asking, what am I doing? Well, I'm building a church. And too many people wanted to kind of come, and I didn't want to be a church splitter. I didn't want to steal people's sheep, so I quit going. Because I, I don't want it, I don't want that. But now that I'm pretty well established out in the street ministry, uh, I think I can probably go back to that church and have a good time. So the worship service is at 9:30. So it's like uh, on Friday, walking by the church, I saw the Lord quickened me to look at the door on the church and said, "Worship service at 9:30." Of course, I knew this Sunday I'd be here, uh, but maybe you know that's what I'm praying about. The Lord's actually praying that I would do this too. 
Because normally I just go straight to my corner first thing in the morning and I preach all day long. I make that my church because I have a lot of people coming in and out throughout the day. And so I'm thinking about bringing my banner and dress like this and going to the Presbyterian church. I swear I go to church. I don't go to Holy Ghost church. I go to First Press, First Presbyterian church there in Boulder. It's called uh, Grace Common now. Don't know why they changed their name. And uh, so that's where I've always gone for probably 20 years. Gone there, off and on. And I just worship the Lord. I don't care what people do. I do it the way I, I'm worshiping God. I'm not worshiping the church. When it's time to pray in tongues, I pray in tongues. I worship God in the spirit in Presbyterian church. I could care less uh, what's going there. I want to be a light, you know. And so they have nice orchestra there. They have nice people. They have, you know, nice building, nice people. Everyone's friendly. And uh, so I've, I've ministered there in the old part several times. Did some preaching, did some ministry, laid hands on a lot of people. People got healed. Had a lot of great ministry when I first got to Boulder. And then so once the Lord starts confirming your ministry with signs following, all of a sudden people want to follow you. And that's where I had to cut it off. Because, you know, they don't know who I am. You know, yeah, he's a preacher, but they don't know, you know, they don't know who I am. And that was on Wednesday. So we used to do a Wednesday service over there and uh, here about six years ago, 2017, and however long ago that was. And uh, uh, I'd lay hands on people, people be healed, cast out devils, we'd pray in the Spirit, I'd get people filled with the Holy Ghost, I'd march around the old auditorium there. And uh, you know where they were? They were at the bar around the corner. They're going up to that bar, <laughs> bar hopping. Man, it's beautiful. Last year it was snowing the whole time I was here. Freezing, freezing, heavy wind, freezing like crazy, ice all the way up and ice all the way back. It was absolutely miserable. Look at this. I just have a shirt on and it's like gorgeous, like springtime out here. Wonderful. Anyways, finding disciples. Think about finding disciples. All right, let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we are being quickened to find disciples. Maybe you want me to go to First Press and find disciples. That's what it used to be called, First Press, there in Boulder, on Walnut. And, uh, and maybe that's what you want me to do. I don't know, Lord. I just know that you keep having me pray for it, so it's a desire of my heart. I commit it back to you. I live the scripture. I just don't run and go do something. I commit, commit it back to you because you place that desire. I didn't know I had that desire until you gave it to me. It wasn't a desire of mine earlier. And now it just seems to always be present. Here I'm talking about going to church and then going out with your banner. All of a sudden I'm talking that way. So I, something's going on, Lord, and I want to be an example. And if this is this what it takes to be an example, then I'll, I'll do that. Whatever it takes, Lord, I want to be somebody who plows the field, who goes out there <laughs> and causes waves. <laughs> In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you out here. In the, out here, People can see us. People can hear us. Not too many people around. That's all right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God's good. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning, Sunday, or Monday morning, from over there. Amen? And uh, you'll see this Monday morning. And uh, know that that day that you're watching this, I'm going to be preaching across the street. Love you, man. You take care, right? Bye-bye.